I'm one with the force, the force is with me. I'm one with the force, the force is with me. I'm one with the force, the force is with me. I'm one with the force, the force is with me. Josh, shut up. Oh, oh, yeah, okay. Uh, you're listening to They Came From The Silver Screen. Ugh. This is a very special podcast episode. Mm. Uh, you know, each episode we, uh, we take on a film and we, uh, we discuss it, uh, the social issues in it, and uh, basically everything about the film. Uh, this week, as I said, it was a special one. Uh, we're close to the Christmas period and we're both in the same room. Oh. So with me, in the flesh, is Damien Danaher. Not as always. Not as always. No. Well, I mean, you're as always, I'm, not in I'm the flesh. Here, as always. I'm, I'm, I'm rarely in flesh. It's, yeah. Well, not for me. Yeah. I don't even know how to... I want to think about that now. <laughs> it's a surreal experience. I'm really having a difficult time. We have to look each other in the eye. I don't like it. I'm just going to... Just... I'm just going to look over here for a minute. All right. Well, as you do that... I'm going to tell everyone a bit about what we're doing this week. Bring the rain. Yeah, so if you were listening to the previous podcast, which I believe you all should, I think we did a cracker on Nocturnal Animals. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. I was happy with it. Yeah. But I we, liked it. I like that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we've said we were going to uh, look at Rogue One, uh, but also use this as a, as a, a way to look at Gareth Edwards. Um, he's only really done three films, uh, Monsters... Godzilla, and now Rogue One. And we're kind of using that as just seeing how the development of a director can be over these three films <laughs> and this new sort of precedence being set of these new indie directors. It is kind of a trajectory that seems to be happening a lot now with these, you know, especially kind of started with Marvel, I think, mm. picking the less than uh, obvious choices for directors in movies or perhaps directors that had never done a big action movie before or ones that weren't, you know, <clears throat> that didn't have a very deep filmography. And now we're seeing a lot of these. I mean, would you say it's like the Russo brothers when they, like, they went from community to Winter Soldier? Yeah. You know, in a way. I mean, they, they, they certainly were, were an excellent example. I mean, we also have... Um, the uh, director for uh, Jurassic World, Colin Trevorrow, who basically had done one movie uh, beforehand, the uh, very, very tiny indie uh, film, uh, Safety Not Guaranteed, this like $150,000 time travels comedy type movie, and then <clears throat> was asked to do Jurassic World, and then from there has stepped up and uh, is doing episode nine in the new Star Wars trilogy. You see Ryan Johnson as well, you know, known for his uh, smaller budget films like uh, Brick with Joseph Gordon-Levitt and then stepping up a little bit more with Looper, a bigger movie, sci-fi tropes and uh, ideas there. And now he's putting a wrap on episode eight. So it is, it's happening a lot. Yeah, and it, yeah, I mean, everything we've just stated is yeah Star Wars related as well mm. they're the ones who are taking hold of the new trilogy that's coming out so yeah I mean it's all Disney related yeah well they own so much now yeah I mean you could look at another example like uh, Josh Trank 
Oh yeah, who did uh, Fantastic Four? <clears throat> who did Fantastic Four and was actually slated to uh, be uh, shooting a standalone Boba Fett movie. Ah, yeah. But then after everything went tits up with uh, Fantastic Four and he kind of dropped off the grid, mm. I don't think that movie is happening anymore, or yeah. at least not in the in the same way. I mean, I mean, you've got um, you've got the 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 two the two lads uh, who did uh, Twenty One Jump Street. And the uh, Lego film mm-hmm. now directing uh, the standalone Young Han Solo Han Solo, movie. yeah, yeah. 28. It was uh, Phil, Phil Lord and uh, Nick someone or other. Mm. I forget. I forget who the other one was, but it's a curious. It's a curious precedent to like have these uh, young filmmakers basically being thrown the the keys to some very expensive cars. Yeah, and yeah. <clears throat> so yeah, we because it's Rogue One. It's like there's no better t- time to like get into this sort of thing and to see if it's actually going to like pay off with these other ones. Like you know, I think with the Rus- Russo brothers, it totally did. Mm. Um, I think they've done phenomenally in they terms of a like sensibility, the you know a sense of weirdness and strangeness. Yeah. You know, into what is mm. you know in terms of if you look at the entire Marvel filmography, actually a pretty sanitized. Um, repertoire of films you have a whole medley of directors who are basically all forced to shoot essentially the same style and that's kind of i mean that's what gareth edwards has really been kind of forced to do over like so monsters which was himself and eight people Mm. he basically had carte blanche of what he was putting out there yeah well it cost almost nothing to make so yeah it was mostly his money anyway i do believe so and then bang into godzilla you know, a huge blockbuster sort of film. You know, big, big um, reboot yeah. as well, because we haven't seen this movie, we haven't seen this... Uh, since you the know, 2001? This property since, yeah, very early noughts with um, uh, Matthew Roland, Roland Emmerich's yeah. ill-fated uh, <clears throat> reboot. I mean, that the cartoon was better than the actual movie. Yes, and the cartoon was appalling. Viewers, if you are, are looking for a fun afternoon, just Google... Uh, Godzilla the animated series yeah the one inspired by the American movie mm. it is a trip yeah I think there's yeah there's actually like American Godzilla is the act there is yeah American Godzilla and then there's the actual Godzilla yeah well, they, well Toho Toho did a couple of movies yeah um, after that came out where they had Godzilla go up against um, everyone like Godzilla Z or something like that I think yeah. that's what they call the American one and Japanese Godzilla kicked American Godzilla's ass. Oh, yeah. You know, which I think is, like, the best they could do in terms of uh, criticising the movie. I mean, it wasn't a... I mean, you know, it was very, very... I mean, the design was different. The the lack of a central character. I think Roger Ebert said, like, you know, Matthew Broderick's character seems like a placeholder character in, like, a draft version of the script until Mm -hmm. we could think of, like, an actual protagonist. I mean, the most come along. The most interesting person there was um, Jean oh, Renault. Well, Jean Renault, and then there and was then, um, uh, also Harry or Simpsons guy. Oh, um, Hank Azaria. Yeah, Hank Azaria. Yeah. yeah, like those were the two most interesting characters in it. Yeah, well, a bunch of Simpsons actors in that movie. Mm. It was um, Harry Shearer? Yeah, yeah, that's as right. The, as the douchebag uh, uh, anchor. Yeah, and even Nancy Cartwright got a look in as. Um, as like a 
receptionist or something yeah. like that. It's just that they took a summer break. And yeah. It was like, yep, let's do Godzilla. Yeah. I mean, I'm tired of making $500,000 for, for three days of work a week. I, I, gotta, I gotta, like, you know, diversify my portfolio. Can't put it all in soy. Mercury <laughs> <laughs> Zaibatsu will hear all about that, man. Dragon Council. The Dragon Council. <laughs> joke that no one absolutely no one no one literally no one that's one of like the the fears of like because we're in the same room we can absolutely make these sort of jokes and we can (laughs) we can look at each other's face and be like yeah yeah we got that (laughs) no one else is going to i got it i got it but we got it we got it it's fine (laughs) yeah (laughs) jesus yeah yeah it is it is a curious um thing especially with uh, you know if you've been asked to develop properties as precious as something like Godzilla which has existed for almost 50 years mm. and Star Wars which is certainly uh, getting up there as well 1977 mm. was the uh, so we'll be coming up on uh, 40th anniversary yeah. next year for episode 8 so that's going to be a pretty big deal mm. so <clears throat> you're obviously going to have a lot of pressure and so it, it sort of uh, is curious when you ask these younger, untested directors to uh, have a crack at doing these things. Because then, you know, and issues do arise, and I guess it's something that we can talk about, <clears throat> especially with Rogue One in a minute, just in terms of the fact that they are younger, that they are untested, they are going to try and march to the beat of their own drum, and studios don't usually... Yeah. Enjoy that. Yeah, I think it's like we see it a lot. Well, I, I I've seen it in like designers and all of that. Mm. Like they start, you know, start off like fresh out of like university and all of that, and they're untested. They they've got you know they've gone through their degree, they've done that, and then they get into like the real world sort of thing, and it's they're either going to flourish or flounder, um, you know, and there's that sort of expectation to to march to that the beat of the drum that's set for them yeah and it's like they can either do one or two things um they can either try and go their own way and set themselves out Mm. or they can toe the party line and it's like well which one's better yeah and i think well one makes you money yeah true and the other one is like 50 one may yeah it's like 50 50 gonna get you critical acclaim or no work ever mm. again and I think it, yeah so like with Monsters that was critical acclaim yeah like he did that and it's like wow this is a great film I mean that was <clears throat> so it's certainly up there as one of my it's probably, a probably fantastic fav- one favourite films yeah that was one of the ones um, that uh, that you sat me down and like we gotta watch this yeah and I was like yeah Clockwork Orange style yeah you know bolted you to a seat Eyes still haven't gotten over it. I know. I still need the eye drops. Look, I wasn't polite about it, but I kind of I stand. I stand. But it's by effective. My, I stand by my choice. Yeah. Hey. 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 No one's. No one says it. Don't. Don't do it again. All right. Okay. Yeah. Look. Look. Fine. Just hold a grudge if you want. Just you know. Except the fact that the movie was good. You know. Hey. Yeah. And you Maybe know. halfway. Hey. It got us to to meeting. Podcast friend. Scoot McNary. Scoot. Scoot. Oh. Mate. Started it off. Uh, that started that love affair. Indeed. And it's a heart that burns strong. It's a love that burns fierce. Shout out to Scoot and his listening party. Mm-hmm. And uh, Larry Foley. Of course. Who, of course, joins him each time. Every single time. Yeah. Always has to happen. Mm-hmm. And he does great Foley work. <laughs> great Foley work. 
<laughs> yeah, so that's the thing. Oh, gosh. So, <clears throat> let's start at the beginning and kind of like see if there's some sort of trajectory between, you know, monsters and Rogue One and whether there's any of the filmmaker that was in Monsters. It's still, yeah. still, still there in these latter movies. I think there is. Absolutely. I think in this, in, I think in Rogue One, there is far more of Edwards than there was in Godzilla. Mm. Um, I think that, I think Godzilla was a huge thing for him to do. Not only uh, the fact that this is his first Hollywood film, but it's also uh, a product that isn't of his culture. Mm. Like it is not made famous in, you know, Western uh Audiences. Yeah, I mean, it's famous in the West because it's a weird Japanese property. Mm. Uh, the reasons the you know those movies became popular was because they were really fucking strange. Yeah, like to yeah to Western society because you know the, and the main reason Godzilla was around because it was like it was an answer to well it was it was a story about well like Hiroshima a, a coping mechanism yeah co- yeah yeah you know, for the for nuclear obliteration of yeah several like cities in Japan yeah. but after you, the yeah. World War and you look at that in terms of um, oh, that's a lot of Japanese culture mm. it's all you know the, you know mech robots and things like that you know the, the whole Gundam genre yeah is basically machines made by man that go out of control and blow up the planet on a regular basis yeah I think, yeah, Evangelion is, like, so much of a, like, a... Yeah. You're just trying to work through these issues. Like, yeah, yeah so much anime is working through, yeah. like, Which kind the of mean, desperation. Because, I, mean, yeah. I mean, like, it's... It's hard for us to, you know, quantify or synthesise something like that just because they're the only country that has ever had mm. the bomb dropped on them. Yeah, to, yeah, for an attack... Yeah, a specific attack by these weapons. Yeah, every other time that you know uh, a nuclear accident has happened, it has been yeah, you know, yeah. Three Mile Island or Chernobyl or uh, you know Fukushima. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah. it's you know it, it's totally different. Yeah. To have it done to you and, and the, this you know Godzilla was was yeah a coping mechanism out of it. So it was like it was a big Hollywood picture that is something that we don't quite grasp. Like it's a force of nature, mm. but also not. Like so, that was that was an interesting narrative choice that he made, or they made, uh, to change it from being nuclear to it almost being a parable about global warming, mm. about climate change, and everything like that. That you know, man's meddling with nature caused, yeah, you know, these uh, the the creatures, the the mutos or whatever they were called, mm. to. <clears throat> rise up yeah it created the antagonists which Godzilla is usually the antagonist yeah. or at least or at least at least if that I mean that kind of like was a, a a tribute to the Japanese movies where he was never an antagonist per se he was an anti-hero but he was just yeah he was an anti-hero he he, he did his own thing mm. and occasionally it's and, oca- and occasionally he sided with the humans against you know some other creatures like you know Mothra mm. or you know <clears throat> any of these other like you know enormous horrifying monsters but sometimes his enemy was the humans yeah. but it wasn't ever it wasn't ever malevolent it was a creature I think basically living on a survival instinct I think and then um, you know I guess the uh, western analogy of that is the Hulk yeah so he's not always the you know he's not always with the 
human sometimes he's against it mm. you know when it comes to the bigger foe yeah he steps up to the plate it's the same thing exactly yeah, yeah. you know and that's yeah and, and that's a man having to be that monster as opposed to a monster yeah being that monster Which so is, yeah it's own curious uh allegory there that you know there was you know man is the biggest monster i mean so yeah well godzilla would be that so godzilla being the monster yeah. you know showing that the bomb you know, it was an outside force, yeah. whereas the Hulk is an internal force. Yeah. Although, so it's a man. There's the fact that, like, you know, all the Godzilla movies, at least the early ones, I mean, now I think they're, they're kind of moving into a little bit of CGI, with the Japanese ones at least. Oh, it was a man in a it suit. It was always yeah. a man in a suit anyway, so... <laughs> it's, you know, just peeling back the layers. Yeah. Peeling back the layers, man. <laughs> so... We have that, but I mean, even... I mean, I, I understand why they asked him to do Godzilla, purely because Monsters was kind of the same sort of thing. I mean, yeah, the Mutos and the, the, the monsters and in the, monsters, the monsters are in, very similar. The aliens, yeah. Uh, you know, creatures that don't really want to be there yeah. and uh, they're acting out purely as, you know, creatures living by their own volition. And so it's just this... Uh, you know, mankind encroaching upon their territory, upon their wants and needs as, you know, sentient beings, mm. and then <clears throat> trying to live and cope with that. Yeah. So there is that same kind of ethos, but I think it was, um, I think it was done a lot more delicately in, in Monsters. Yeah. I mean, it, because he could, because he could afford to. Yeah. Well, you, the, the whole, the whole beauty of Monsters is you didn't see the Monsters yeah. A lot. No, um, I think I wonder if that had to do with the budget, yeah. or the fact that he wasn't compelled to have a massive action scene purely because he couldn't afford to have one anyway. Mm. There couldn't be any sort of like you know grandiose moments of monsters like wreaking havoc or anything because again he didn't have enough money to do it. Yeah, he could have that one scene uh, near the end yeah. with the servo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with the tanks or, and all service that. station. Yeah. Or, sorry, gas station for the for the for the, uh, for the international audience. For the listeners in Jacksonville. Yeah. Hometown of Scoot McNary. I Maybe. assume. <laughs> I don't know. Let us know, Scoot. Yeah, let, let us know. Let us know. But again, it was it was that moment uh, where the monster was finally revealed and it wasn't scary. Mm. It was actually a moment of beauty. Yeah. And of uh, congress between, you know, the, the main characters and the mm. monsters and Which I guess I guess that would have been that's what was done in Godzilla with uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson um, and Godzilla. You did there have that, that. You did have that moment. Understanding. It was yeah. an understanding, not like a oh, you know, this is something far bigger than me. It's like no, all right, we're just like some sort of like same mutual team. respect or something yeah. like that. You know, and I mean, like yeah, it's it's moments like that that you know you wouldn't, which actually to me sort of made Godzilla one of the most interesting. Mm blockbuster films this side of the millennium just because it was a thinking man's you know movie (laughs) and it was made in those old school um styles it did suffer the the Spielbergian you know uh like the Jaws thing it didn't blow its load immediately yeah it allowed a build up to occur which is why I think a lot of people didn't like it because because it didn't just have Godzilla smashing into the first, you know, 15 minutes of the movie. Yeah, yeah. I see, I think the the film, to, in order to get to that point of mm-hmm. Godzilla fighting, like, those those were the best parts, like, the you know, basically the Brian Cranston parts. Mm. You know, as soon as he left, 
that was he, as soon as he died, it kind of started to ramp up. It's like, all right, this is now a military sort of military yeah. and you know military the monsters and then we're starting to get in yeah kind of shift into gear yeah or this is going to be you know a regular film exactly i think like yeah i mean if you look at a movie like that though i mean it's all archetypes mm. it's all you know just uh, the, the the sketchy outlines of characters because i mean the the, the the lead character is the the eponymous yeah, you know, hero of the movie or anti-hero. However, however I mean, the only it. so I mean, like you know, once Cranston had set had set things up mm. and passed the info on to Ken Watanabe's character, there was no reason for him to exist. Yeah, otherwise it was just going to be a character tautology. Yeah, you know, so <clears throat> they'd just be saying the same things to each other back and forth. Yeah, let them fight. Let them fight. Let them fight. Let, let them, them fight. fight. Uh, <laughs> I lost my wife. Let them fight. Uh, cooking math. Let them fight. <laughs> You're goddamn right. <laughs> I wrote a poem about chewy blossoms. Also, let them fight. For the honor of Katsumoto. Science, bitch! <laughs> That's just the whole mess of movies all coming together. <laughs> just everything. So we have this uh, humanist approach. Yeah, and I guess really. and See, and that's one of the, the weird things about the start of the film, it does kind of bring in Fukushima. Mm. and all of that into it but once again it's done from an outsider's perspective so it doesn't yeah. quite get it it's, exactly and it's really hard for the moviegoer to empathise with something mm. you know a lot of moviegoers would not know about you know Three Mile Island yeah you know the accident that happened there you know when the last time we saw that was what X-Men Ori- uh, Origins Wolverine what? when they did that as well it's like once again no one in this theatre <laughs> knows what the hell that was yeah I mean like that's the thing you know they had to frame the the meltdown at the start of Godzilla from a Western perspective purely because I mean, like you can understand how like oh like the thing fell over, you know the, the yeah. stack fell over. What's the you know result of that? Mm. What's the what are the repercussions? The yeah. standard Western audience doesn't really understand the the repercussions of a meltdown or anything like that. And a movie like that really isn't going to have. <clears throat> or rather wouldn't be allowed to have the balls to actually show on a micro level, on a person-to-person level, exactly what the horrifying fallout, yeah. no pun intended, would be from something like that. So mm. instead they have to use Western movie tropes, which is the the hero's wife yeah. cops it. One, yeah, once again, so, the woman so has we, to... So we can harness... Yeah, exactly. Once again, a woman has to die in order for the male hero to... You know, find his, find his motivation. Yeah. You know, to be the through line of this movie. I mean, that's a it's a tired, tired trope, but it's one that Western audiences understand. Yeah, which I think is why they used it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's once again it's trying to bring an an Eastern concept to Westerners, and that, I think that's that's one of the the main things that kind of just wasn't it didn't work with Zemeckis, and it didn't work here. Um, with Godzilla mm. because you're still trying to translate something that we just don't necessarily have a concept of yeah like you know there's been nuclear testing here in yeah. Australia and it's like okay but we still don't it's not talked about and it's not like it's, you know yeah because it's a downer yeah mate just crack it just crack a Get mango a beer in you. crack a mango and uh, the Milton mangoes and, and just don't worry about it yeah which again is a reference that no one outside of this stage is going to get, but yeah, hey. I mean, you know, substitute 
a weird name for your local beer? I don't know. Just if you get upset about it, just look at the state of origin scorecard and uh, <laughs> nine years read, in a read, row, read, mate. Read it and wait, bitches. Jesus. Said the two guys that we don't care. About really, this. don't follow this at all. Nope. I no. I say nine years we've won in a row. I don't know that for a fact. It sounds about right. It's a long amount of time. Eighteen years. Eighteen years. Got you on the 18th birthday for 18 years? <laughs> I know somebody paying child support for one of his kids. His mum is... Oh, I can't... Oh, I can't That's fine. She's got to go get yeah. lipo with your money. Oh! <laughs> Should have got that insured Geico for your money. <laughs> there we go. An American reference. Oh, we're getting there. We're going to take every single box. All the cultures get a look in today hmm. this week. So yeah, so there was the, so it was the monster, so it was the monster badness um, that brought Gareth from monsters to Godzilla, mm. and then basically we see that uh, all right, he can handle the budget, he can <clears throat> do CGI and he's, everything like that. He can he's handle, fiscally he can, competent. He can handle the spectacle and everything like that, and his shooting style is cool. And if there's one thing that has actually been preserved through all three of these movies, is that he has a very very Gonzo, yeah, handheld style of filmmaking, which I don't know whether that was a creative choice in Monsters or whether it was just a question of uh, financial necessity that he had to do mm. a lot, that he had to do everything handheld. I mean, I remember reading about how uh, to get you know, uh, steady car shots. He basically just rested some towels on the window of a car yeah. and then placed the camera on top of that. And it's very to, and yeah. try to hold it like really, really steady. It's very like Robert Rodriguez and El Mariachi sort of thing. Yeah, like just yeah. doing it on the sh- like shoestring budget. Exactly, just like, like trying you know, to like doing trolley like tracking shots with like a, a wheelchair that they borrowed from the local hospital. Yeah, exactly. Just like you know that real kind of um, rock star sort of you know yeah. very like you know on a shoestring budget. Yeah, as you mm. said, filmmaking. That, but I think like it, you know, but it was it was. Uh, an indication of, of the talent of this guy. Mm. The fact and the perseverance. That, the fact, the fact, yeah, exactly. And the uh, ingenuity and the creativity mm. to do what he did with very little money and resources to, you know, be the, the writer and the director and the editor and the um, special, do all the visual effects yeah. on commercial grade, yeah. you know, post yeah, uh, something po- that basically po- we could do it in. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, you know, you spend fifteen hundred dollars and you've got, you've got Adobe Pro, mm. and that's basically what he used. Yeah. You know, and joked that it took him a month to render. You know, a single shot. I mean, that makes of, sense. Of, of, yeah. Of, of, the, of the monster in the movie and everything. Yeah, but, Christ. But it was it was beautifully natural. Mm. As well, the lighting style made was, it fit in. It yeah. was was something amazing. That that was one of the, that's always one of the things with like um, you know CGI and all of that is getting that lighting right. Mm. Um, it's why like in like Spielberg films and all of that they they use CGI to like enhance like the practical effects and all of that. Yeah, um, because you can utilize the existing lighting mm. to that sort of thing. I mean, that's a thing. It's not it's not just about uh, making you know x look real it's about making the the context in which they exist mm. realistic as well just even like in terms of like a hand holding kind of yeah. way that like one has to uh assist the other yeah 
which is important for yeah making the Godzilla and the Mutos look kind of believable. Mm. The Mutos kind of like they were supposed to look kind of out of this world. Yeah, so they were a bit alien. They were a bit weird. I mean, a little bit glossy, even you could yeah. say. But I, I, I kind of was okay with that. Yeah, that's because I mean, like, yeah, I mean, like when someone says like they didn't look realistic, I'm like, well, what the, what the fuck were they supposed to look like? Yeah, they were, they were like, what, what, like, what, what, by what barometer are you assessing the realism of some bastard nuclear fueled creature from another planet? Yeah. Oh no, the ones, yeah, the ones that were on the news the other day. Oh yeah, those ones. Yeah, yeah those that's ones. what. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So, gotta make them real. <laughs> yeah, basically. Hmm. And then, and really, that CGI does mm. come into play of like in in a Star Wars film, exactly. Know? In the you know in the in the uh, the prequels, they are you know lambasted for having so much CGI, mm. it would make you sick because it was just filmed on green screens entirely, which it was, was all the green screen. There wasn't a single uh, actual clone trooper mm. in Revenge it, of the Sith. Yeah, they were all they were all That's, uh, rendered. It's crazy, and that was that was the thing that that Lucas applaud was like he applauded himself for doing. It's like yeah, this yeah. is what it is. Well, that's what it, I mean. To be fair, that's what he'd always done. I mean, it's the same thing that like people always criticised uh, Peter Jackson for in the Hobbit trilogy mm. that it looked it looked too, it looked almost uh, uncanny valley, you know, sort of unrealistic, especially with you know the forty eight frames per second yeah coming into the mix and everything like that because then sets looked like sets. And yep. makeup looked like makeup, mm. and you know you got that lack of motion blur that you get from uh, twenty four frames per second. So the eliminating that actually makes it look too crisp. Mm. Makes it you look, feel like you're watching like a really shitty soap or a documentary yeah. or something like that. But again, Jackson when he did Lord of the Rings was using the best technology that he had at the time. Mm. And then once The Hobbit came around, obviously technology had advanced, you know, by 15 years. So he was able to use the best technology again. Yeah. Same thing with um, Lucas. Yeah. You know, those movies were cutting edge. The original, the like original trilogy. And then he, he always wanted to push forward. And I mean, that's kind of a thing that, I mean, he sort of, he called out um, episode seven. Mm. a little bit for this where he basically said yeah they went the retro look and I don't necessarily agree with that because I always tried to show something new in my movies something that no one had ever seen before and you've seen everything that appears in Force Awakens before yeah which I do I, I, I understand that yeah I understand where he's coming from um I don't know whether that's like that's that is doing the special effects for special effects sake mm. as opposed to whether it's necessary for yeah. the for the film itself I think it's something that uh, James Cameron does as well yeah he'll do something because this is amazing because he can yeah because he can and this is amazing and he gets a thrill out of doing it yeah as opposed to this is something that the people want well it's like when he said like you know that the only reason he made Titanic was so that he could actually visit the wreck yeah which is crazy. The movie was an excuse. Yeah. Oh, you know, just make the film. Yeah. So I get to see the actual Titanic. You know, which is just... Why not, right? Why not? But, I mean, that's... Yeah, that's a, that's a man with drive. Mm. And a man with vision that knows exactly what he wants. Yeah. He knows what he wants and, and it's not necessarily like with... As I would say with Spielberg, though. Mm. He totally does utilise what he needs to in order to tell the story he's trying to tell as yeah. opposed to 
do a goal, like get to the goal that he's trying to, which is what Cameron and Lucas yeah. maybe trying to do. Um, you know, and Spielberg does have, you know, does enjoy a good plot yeah. and a story to his films. I mean, he has sort of like moved into that kind of line in winter phase of his career where he seems mm. to be doing a lot of these prestige pictures, very elgaic and... Uh, I mean, we kind of got into that in the BFG episode. Exactly. That I just think, you know, that was a, that was a movie that he... Well, I mean, like, well, it's like we said, like it was written by the same lady that uh, wrote E.T. Mm. And maybe if he'd made it back in the 80s when he had that kind of heart about him, it might have been, been a lot different. different but yeah. it, all, it was almost like he was uh, putting on an act. He was pretending to be 1980 Spielberg again. Mm. But it's funny, I don't know if you saw that interview with uh, Shia LaBeouf where he basically came out and ripped the shit out of Spielberg. Oh, really? I did not. And his his experience, like, working with him, and he said, like, he's not a director. He's a company. I mean... He's a producer and a a corporation, and he has no interest in the smaller moments anymore. I mean, it makes sense. Like, he's he's gone through it. Mm. Like, he's been in the thick of it for so long, and now he's come out it. Now he's out the other side. Yeah. And he's like, well, I can afford to be this corporation now. Mm. You know, do what I will with, with my with my resources. And yeah, and whether that's a good film or not, mm. it mm, that's, I guess it's up to external things. So I guess yeah. we're kind of, I guess Spielberg is now becoming like, mm. like a Cameron or a Lucas. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, like all, I mean, you live. Say, say, say what you want. Those guys are funding mm. their own projects. Yeah. I mean, I think people, true, yeah. I mean, think people. I think people forget that, like you know, the Lucas Star Wars films were all independent. Yeah, they were self-funded, apart from the first one. Yeah. So because he didn't need to after that. Exactly. Like, he had the money. Yeah, he, he had that money. Yeah. So I think like when people, you know, and he sort of made the point. He said like you know, I, I, I we have I have all these fans in the world that claim ownership over these movies, but what they don't realize is they don't own them. I do. They belong to me, and if I think that I can make them better by doing it this way, then that's my prerogative. I don't understand that. As the, as the author of this world. Yeah. But I think, you know, it's kind of that moment where we don't, we don't really suffer that kind of auteurism anymore, mm. I don't think. I think. Yeah, I think the public well, does. To, to, to a certain extent, obviously, you have filmmakers that are very much just elites in their field you know your Scorsese's or your uh, Paul Thomas Anderson's yeah I think that Terrence Malick's like who have a very singular vision a very singular style of filmmaking that is very much their own I think that comes down to whether the audience trusts the filmmakers enough Mm. to like no Scorsese you do what you need to do because you're going to tell a story that we'll we'll enjoy yeah and like it's going to be yours and we can't actually like I can't claim to own Mark Wahlberg in The Departed. Yeah. Like, he's not a character that I can be like, yep, that's, you know, I can put something on that and wrap that up, that up in a bow. Mm. Like, whereas with, like, you know, C-3PO and, you know, the characters in Star Wars and all of that, you can, you know, Lobot. Lobot's mine. Yeah. Like, you, you can do that in Star Wars because it's a... Well, it's, it's, it's a different style of movie as well. It's pop culture. It's zeitgeist. It exists. Yeah. It exists on a completely different experiential level to those movies which, yeah. you can, which you can appreciate you know something like um, I don't know 
the like Goodfellas or something like that. I'm like, that's an amazing movie, and that's one of the best movies ever made, and one I, of the best gangster movies ever made. And yes, there's a certain you know knowledge of it within <clears throat> culture in terms of you know certain lines and mm. you know the c- certain moments like the tracking shot through the Copacabana, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. But it it there is not it doesn't have the same ownership over a cultural mindset that something like Star Wars does. I think it's because they don't need to like they ask is it a reality thing is if something's not in our reality we can claim it as our own so like stuff like Godzilla and Star Wars they are outside of our true frame of reference like they're not going to happen in our world yeah so we can claim ownership of it because we're putting in as much we're believing in this as much as the you know the the, the filmmaker is putting out there like they've got it they're falling. It's a it's a trust exercise. But very well. Could they're be falling, used. and then the audience has to catch them. It is yeah. It does it do, it does involve. I mean, it involves a suspension. Yeah. Of uh, disbelief. So while yeah. I yeah I understand what Lucas is saying. It's like yeah he owns them. Yeah. But they're only the way they are, because the audience caught him. Yeah. I think like that. I mean, they they would always exist, but there's just something about the time and the place and the the world as it was when I mean it's the difference just... between Star Wars and the last Starfighter yeah pretty much yeah. yeah just like you know the time was right the context was right and just like everything fell into place where it was just uh, something that transcended the usual limitations of that genre mm. this is a sci-fi movie that everyone could get behind yeah and funnily enough I think Rogue One is actually probably the first movie since the original that it like could actually you don't have to have seen the rest no this is yeah this is very much a standalone it is a standalone and they made sure of that I mean obviously it pays lip service to a lot of things it sets up uh, you know a lot of uh, beats that you know A New Hope uh, ends up answering things that like kind that. of fills in some like plot points that yeah, were raised been, in there, and there's fan service there for sure but it's not it's not crucial Mm. to the plot yeah but this is a story that sort of stands alone and can be viewed as a singular entity like if no other Star Wars movie existed yeah well this, it's, this would still be fine it sets up so yeah basically you know the, the general plot of it is the fact that uh, you know our you know another Star Wars film where there's a female lead Jin uh, Erso, like her father, is the uh, basically the architect of the Death Star, um, and it turns out that um, he's you know he's created the uh, the whole the size of a warm rat, um, which kind of answers the question. Like why you know, is a, lo- there a, lo- that... a lot of people sort of asked? You yeah, know, it's that big plot when, when a new when a new hope happened. They're like, well, how how did they? How did they have that glaring... Or like, why would they build it with such an yeah. obvious, you know, fallacy? And it's like, well, now the movie's answered that, you know, it was constructed by this man on the inside mm. without their knowledge. They didn't know. Yeah, that, that this the, glaring the, oversight the, 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 in there. That there was a problem. Yeah, so he's done that from the inside. And basically the plot is to gain the, you know, to first to find it, to, for Jin to find her father, you know, get the information or something out of him. Um, th- but then it becomes a thing of to get the plans for the Death Star so that they can then blow it up. Yeah. Now, it's already set it up, the fact that, you know, if they are able to complete their their goal of getting those plans to the Rebellion, then they will be able to destroy the Death Star. Yeah. 
So even if you just had Rogue One as a as a film onto itself, they completed their task, and because of that, they're able to. They may not win the battle, but they win the war mm. because they're able to now destroy this Death Star. Yeah. And I so, mean, like, so even, even if A New Hope didn't exist, I mean, it does exist, so we do know that necessarily they must actually succeed. Yeah. But even so, it's done, you know, in such a way that uh, you could view it in a vacuum and the end of the movie is satisfying, I think. Yeah. Even if it does flagrantly kind of play on, on the heartstrings a little bit. Oh, yeah. And, you know, the last line is obviously such a baiting Oh, yeah. Kind like, of line, you know, what is this? Oh, it's the title for the next movie. Yeah. You know. And there's a familiar face. <laughs> exactly. Oh, a really eerily familiar face. Yeah. So I guess, yeah. So, yeah, with the CGI and all of that, it's like two of the biggest things about Rogue One is the CGI of the late Peter Cushing mm-hmm. and the... Uh, and and de aging of uh, Carrie Fisher, Fisher as as Princess Leia, uh, and, and we've certainly seen this technology utilized before. I mean, Tron in Tron, it? you know, with the two you Jeff see, Bridges, you could, you could see them trying. Yeah, they still hadn't quite gotten it yet in terms of the the uncanny like you know the dead eyes the dead eyes eyes, you know i mean that's why i call it i call them the polar express the polar express yeah Yeah. so that's yeah that that entire film is just it's terrifying because exactly because they're just like glassy dead soulless creatures just all grinning yeah but like tom tom hanks is like oh my god it's the you know it's everyone's father. Yeah. And now he's got, he's just dead. Dead. This is, oh my God. This dead eyed man is like, I'm your father. Yeah. <laughs> Sit down. Let's Mirabelle. <laughs> there needed to be a character called Mirabelle in that movie. <laughs> Did it all for you, Mirabelle. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> but instead of having like dead eyes, yeah. you have a dead actor. Exactly. You know, who's looking remarkably alive yeah I mean and it's funny because Disney has sort of been at the forefront of making this sort of stuff happen with you know uh start with Tron and then with uh you know uh younger oh younger uh Tony Stark younger uh Robert Downey Jr yeah. in um in Civil uh, War in, uh, Iron Man Civil sorry uh, Captain America Civil War then mm-hmm. you, also, you also had a uh uh, de-aged Michael Douglas at the yeah. at the beginning of Ant Man. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we even we even recently saw it uh, a bit of a de-aged um, Sir Anthony Hopkins in uh, Westworld. Oh yeah. Having flashbacks uh, yeah. to uh, him being. Uh, you don't really get into that. I've not watched more than. Have a solid yeah. crack. It's I hear a, it's, it's amazing. A, it's, it's, it's a very slow burn show, and if anything, the entire first season is nothing but a setup. I'm fine with that. But, uh, so it takes us time, but it is, it is definitely worth a watch. Mm. But so you have, you have this, uh, you know, yeah, there are those, this, uh, this, this stepping stones and these, and these precedents for it, but it's never. And I mean, like even, even way back when, like 2001, you know, sky captain in the world of tomorrow, mm. they brought back, uh, Lawrence Olivier. Yeah. You and- know, for, for, a, for a moment, you know, to, for like, for a little bit of a, a character. I mean, in Gladiator, Oliver Reed died. 
before they finished filming. It's usually and been, you know, it's usually been used as a stopgap. Yeah. I mean, the other the other obvious one that we're missing out on is uh, Paul Walker in uh, Fast and Furious Seven. Yeah. So, but I mean, in the past, it's always. I guess the post. You, they, they, they've always tried to just. It's always been a sneaky maneuver. Or like you know a, a sleight of hand, a sleight of hand momentary thing where you kind of like, oh, all right, fine, I get that they're old and that that has to be the younger mm. version. You know, it's some, that's some nice wizardry there, or it's as you say, it's meant to be sleight of hand in order to kind of gloss over you know filming difficulties, you know, aka some deaths. You know, Oliver Reed died before finished filming, so they had to have a couple of scenes or a couple of shots yeah. where, you know, he was there. Same with Paul Walker. Yeah, you know, that was a far more substantial problem. Because they'd only finished about half the movie, so mm. there was some massive rewrites. Yeah, and you know, and then the use, and, of, his and use of his brother, brother who you looks know, is very much like him. Yeah. You know, which luckily enough, I mean, yeah, it'd be a hard act if that wasn't the case. Exactly. I mean, that was. I mean, like the other, the other obvious thing is like you know, with those sorts of things, is to actually use you know, twins. So I, I didn't realize for the longest time that um, in uh, Terminator Two, in the uh, steel mill or the refinery at the end of the movie when the Terminator oh, yeah. takes on the guise of Sarah Connor. Oh, no way. And They're then, twins. And then, and then real Sarah both. Connor comes yeah. behind. That's actually Linda Hamilton's oh, twin. That's actually, that's her, right. that's actually yeah. her twin sister. Oh. oh, amazing. Same as the security guard in um, uh, the mental hospital. Oh, gotcha. Yes. The, so they just like, use... get, the one that gets the, the spike through his uh, face. Those guys are actually twins. twin brothers as well and they appeared in uh, Gremlins 2. Hey, that's actually, the next place actually, you go actually to. Actually, some twin scientists, which funnily enough also had uh, Christopher Lee, yeah. who was the best of friends yeah. with uh, Peter Cushing. Yeah, yeah. So, so the, world, the world keeps on turning. But I think, like, of course, to, yeah. To and they're both in Star Wars as well. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, you know, old old mates from all the Hammer films. Mm. So, I mean, uh, Lee was always uh, the mummy mm. or the, the monster. Or Frankenstein's yeah. monster, and uh, Cushing was always. Van Helsing, Van Helsing or, yeah. you know, Victor Frankenstein or anything like that. Mm. But this is probably the first time where we've actually seen a, a deceased person really brought back to life as a major character yeah, in, a, re- in a major film. And not subtly, very, very obviously... I think the- like no, like hiding him half mm. in shadow or anything no, like yeah. that. No, you see he, him. He's he's there. I think the only time that like, like all of the, the footage that they had of like Marlon Brando, uh, yeah. for Superman, mm. and then they used that. Yeah. But they had all the footage already. Exactly. Yeah. And then they piece those bits together and all that. Yeah. So that I mean, like that that's different. That's. Yeah, it's that, different, that, that, but that's that, that, that's editing. That's yeah. sort of you know just. Same thing with um, movie, Alec McGuinness. Movie, movie magic and things like yeah. that. I the mean, Alec McGuinness voice and all of that. And Al- Alec, yeah, Alec, that. Alec Guinness in, um, yeah. In uh, uh, Force Awakens. Force Awakens. Yeah. Yeah. You know, having, having that moment. I mean, but that, this that's is fine. But I mean, new th- th- content. Th- this, is, this is new content. This is not uh, utilising... It has to be considered... Co- like, okay, what is... Is it content? Because this person I mean, like, does yeah, not exist anymore. Exactly. So, like, how do you, do, you, do, you give, do you give credit to Cushing or to, like, the Cushing estate? Like, do they get money? I mean, you'd obviously think they'd have to get cash for the use of his likeness. Yeah. But, like, I mean, now now, now is the point where, like... Uh, I mean, it's only been 22 well, years. Yeah, so. like, where certain... Well, certain things can go out of... Public... Becomes public, uh, public domain. Public domain. So do we, people do, become do, do, public? Do people now become public, yeah. public domain? Where anyone 
could now use Peter Cushing in a movie. Yeah. With the technology for free. Are we? Yeah. Are we going to see? It's like it's like a free, it's like it's like the it's like the free maps you get on Call of Duty. Yeah. You got you got to pay for some extra ones, but you get a couple for free. Yeah. Oh, that's. <laughs> and so, like, but the thing, obviously, he he had mocap. Yeah. And someone, someone pl- played it. You know, you a know, lot like in the you know Darth Vader. You know, it's not James L. Jones in the Darth Vader suit. I mean, no, it was. It's um, someone in there. Yeah, I mean, it was. Uh, I mean, in uh, Return of the Jedi, it was three people. It was David. Yeah. It was David Prowse, the stuntman, mm. as the the physical form. James L. Jones as the voice, and then. Um, Oh, I forget his name. It was Sebastian something who once the mask was pulled off at the end. Oh, yeah, gotcha. And uh, so it was like, that was three guys mm. playing playing the, the same character in the movie. But, I mean, this is a little different. We're kind of like at this meta moment where it's like two steps removed. So you have a, a guy, and I don't know who it was, you know, putting on putting on an act, playing Peter Cushion, playing Grand Moff Tarkin. Yeah. And so, it's, so, 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 it's, so, it's a, so it's a double bluff. Is it Peter scenario. Cushing anymore? Is that, it, or yeah, is it, so, so that's the thing. Is it Governor Tarkin? Exactly, and it just he just happens to look like Peter Cushing. Yeah. That I mean, that, I mean, that's the question. Which, and I that mean, is like, a dangerous. I mean, like I mean, it's not. Is it? Is it really? Is it really Peter Cushing, or is it just? Yeah, you know, what I mean, is I mean, it? I mean, yeah. I mean, like you look at. I mean, there is there is that sort of. Uh, there was that one other precedent, you know, in uh, Terminator Salvation. The fact that um, uh, Christian Bale as uh, John Connor had to face down a T eight hundred in the in the Skynet factory at the end of the movie, and it was Schwarzenegger. Yeah, it was a completely CGI Schwarzenegger. It was young Schwarzenegger. It was young yeah. CGI, like young Schwarzenegger, like with as the likeness from the first Terminator. It was the body of some other bodybuilder. Yeah, with his you know face on on top and the use of his voice but it wasn't him so and I don't recall him actually getting credited yeah so but technically speaking it was still him I mean you saw it in um, in social network yeah so with uh, Army Army Hammer playing yeah. playing the twins playing the twins one after the other but there was when they were both in the same scene together there was um, I'm forgetting his name I think it was Josh Pence mm-hmm who um, was who also uh, just for reference point played young Rachel Ghoul in Dark Knight Rises. Oh yeah. But he was the body double and had to learn. He had to learn all the lines. Yeah, yeah. And so he, he still and, had and, to and, do and it. And he played. He played both characters same as Army Hammer did. I mean, because he obviously had to do it whenever whenever Hammer was playing the alternate character. I mean, that was the same thing for the original Darth Vader. There was yeah. the guy who had the, the British voice. He was in the. He was the voice of Darth Vader, and then they got in James L. Jones. Yeah. And that guy got really fucking pissed. Yeah. Well, like, we, crazy pissed. I was going to say, wouldn't you, though? Yeah. I mean, at the end of it all, you're kind of like, well, he did a better job. But mm. <laughs> I mean, I couldn't I, think I of Darth Vader being... I was going to say, it doesn't mean you have to be happy about it. No. I remember old footage where it's like, you know, you're part of the appearance Alliance and the Traitor. Take him away, boys. <laughs> <laughs> the show tune happens. Yeah, I was going to say, it's like that old, like... <laughs> the, uh, the, 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 uh, camp, the camp instructor... Oh. in uh, Radioactive Man oh yeah, you know, like, yeah. The, like the really like don't forget to use your nails boys, boys. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like an odd kind of like 60s you know hippie kind yeah, of yeah like you a know, 60s Batman sort of thing yeah, yeah. it's like you know mm, the dark side flows through you 
So actually, Moff Tar- so Grand Moff Tarkin, um, you know, Guy Henry played him. Doesn't. No shit, that's got Guy Henry. Yeah, so no Guy- way. He's actually he's very well known. He's been around the traps for a good long while. If it's a guy, I'm thinking I mean, so of, he was Cassius in uh, the uh, Rome TV series. I mean, he was V for Vendetta. He's been mm-hmm. in that. He's been in. He was. In, he was pious thinking in um, the Harry Potter Deathly Hallows. Mm. So, so he's been. So yeah. So he's been around the traps. So that is interesting. So he was actually credited. Mm. So that's. So it is basically that. It's actually not Peter Cushing per se. It's basically him playing a character that just happens to look like Peter Cushing. So you're now in... Yeah, so he was um, he was Cassius in Rome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah so you're actually... You could now be, as an actor, mm. you could now play anyone. You, It may yeah. be your performance, Yeah. but... You could look like someone you else. Could, it could be a p- completely different, which is, you know... I mean, that, that sort of begs the question that, um, let's say you found a really, really good Harrison Ford impersonator mm. and they wanted to do more Indiana Jones movies but they didn't want to recast. Yeah. I mean, it's a little bit different because he's still alive, but... They did it with Carrie Fisher. Yeah, so why... They de-aged her. Yeah, so why not with... I wonder if she actually did the voice. Find that out. That'd, well. be, that'd be curious whether and that would be got a, her to come back and do the voice. I feel like she would be pissed as fuck to, to have to do that. Because yeah. she's very adamant of the fact that, like, yeah, they made me, you know, slim down and all of that. Yeah, yeah. What, what, was, the, what was the quote she used? Um, uh, they wanted they, 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 they wanted, wanted me for, they wanted me for the role, but they only wanted about three quarters of me. Yeah. So yeah, it's I oh. mean she I mean she's she's spectacular. She's brilliant. You know, calling out bullshit. Yeah, does not give a flying fuck. Dipped into a bag of fucks, and it was very, very empty indeed. Yeah. But that is a strange precedent now. So if you wanted to make some more Indiana Jones movies. I mean, that solves the problem that they're having with people's, you know, um, Robert Downey Jr.'s contract coming up and, and, uh, oh God, Chris. Chris Pratt. No, not Chris Pratt. Uh, Chris Evans. Chris Evans. Oh yeah, yeah. Captain America. Yeah, yeah, Captain yeah. America. But yeah, Chris Pratt. All the Chris's. Yeah. Hemsworth, Pratt, Pine, Pine. All of them. God, there's so many. Just so many fucking Chris's. Yeah, but and, and they're all just like vaguely handsome. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't. Gary uh, Fisher. There we go. Ingvild Dealer. Yeah. I, I. Yeah. Well, her career clearly peaked. Yeah, and she played. I don't know. I mean, Princess I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but like, I don't see how you can be successful if if no one can pronounce your name. That's yeah, that's why people have the stage names. Ingvild di, di uh, No, yeah. I can't do it. But so there you go. That's so. Yeah. I mean, so that is different because of a you know with uh, someone who's been dead and been dead for quite a while, like Peter Cushing. Obviously, you know, people who are alive, you'd have to pay for permission to use their likeness. But it gets to a point where maybe that would actually be more because like the the investment would be worth it okay just so be, just because like you know brand loyalty and things like that people see Indiana, Indiana Jones, Jones as is, as, as, as is Harrison, Harrison Ford. Ford or rather just a guy that looks like Harrison I mean like that's a thing yeah. is, it be, is it because Harrison Ford or is it just like you know people have a certain appearance in yeah. their mind but I mean like if you could re- if like someone like acted swagger but it was swagger with the CGI suit of Harrison Ford over the top would it, would it, would it matter 
or would you? Would I mean, you, has that now? Does that now stop the the yeah. James Bond uh, casting debacles? And it's now only Sean Connery forever. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's that's him. That's James Bond now, and like that's the only James Bond w- that we'll now see. Yeah, is going to be Sean Connery. Well, at least the char- James Bond looks like. Yeah, now now and now a character can have a face. Mm. Like an actual face. It's the face of Harrison Ford, but this is actually Indiana Jones. Yeah. That's the thing. So does he does he look like Harrison Ford or does he look like Indiana Jones? Yeah. Well, no, he looks like Indiana Jones in the fact that he looks and like the Harrison fact that, Ford. That he just happens to look like... You know, he, yeah. yeah, he just happens to look like Harrison Ford. So now we're gonna That's have... just a coincidence. Yeah. It just so happens. Or at, least, or, at least, like or, or at least it will be in a hundred years' time or something like that when you've got Indiana Jones movies with, you know, CGI Harrison Ford and yeah. no one will actually realise that it was, I mean, you could have, you know, um, I don't know, fucking John, John Jomison's performance of Indiana Jones, yeah. you know, in, in the year 2097 was, you know, far more critically acclaimed than, you know, yeah, Joe Johnson's. They played the know, same, they looked and, and, and exactly and they, and they look exactly the same, but it could just be different, you know, so. Yeah, so you're really, it's a very interesting thing for like, acting now yeah which I confess to having a mild uh, sense you of apprehension towards because it comes to the point and I mean it is that kind of uh, reason that I think like you know everyone sort of bleated for a long time that Andy Serkis should have gotten some uh, critical recognition you know Oscar, Oscar style yeah. for for Gollum or for you know more recently for Caesar in the Apes movies and, and not people, as and people its were, own thing exactly as but, part of but people were crying out and basically saying well he's not a real actor well, well it wasn't a real performance because like you know was you know was this circus or was this basically circus and then they made it mm. through post into the incredible performance and I think I think they've they've, they've proved now that like it's that's circus now. It, it, like, very, it very much was But it's now him. it's circus. But now that's just circus. Now we're getting into the point that it's anyone. Yeah. And animals and like, you know, original creatures. That's different. Yeah. You know, th- this, is, this, is, this, is, this is about utilising existing. Existing people. Yeah. Because now anyone... Yeah. Now Orson Welles yeah, can come back exactly. for, you, you know... You bring Brando for Godfather 6 or something yeah. like that. Citizen Kane 2. Yeah, exactly. You know, the, Kane harder. Yeah. <laughs> just, yeah, you just... Now you can do these things and, you know, are we going to then... Are we going to are we gonna take that now? Is that now going to become a norm? I, I mean, think, I think, they're leading know, up to it. It certainly is. And I think that the, the technology is still in its fledging stages. And I think it's still obvious. Hmm. I don't think like you know pe- people. I mean, I, I I guess I can't speak generally, but I mean uh, for myself, when I saw Rogue, when I saw Rogue One, and I saw Tarkin, I knew immediately it was fake. A because I know the cunt's dead. Yeah. B because I, I just like you can still see that it is he's CGI. He's got that CGI like sliminess to him, like he's yeah. sweating more which than I actually, anyone. Which I actually didn't mind per se because it, it actually works with the gave, it actually gave him the sort of real reptilian kind of like mm. sleazy you know feel to him. Yeah, I you know I thought I smelled just yeah, stench. stench the moment you walked on board. Yeah, that, yeah, exactly, exactly. But yeah, I could see that it was CGI, but I, it wasn't like oh well that's clearly fake. It was actually just like I can't believe how almost real that looks. Mm. And so that's like the we're getting that, very close. I mean, that's the kind of tipping point we're at now where it's not just like yeah you can 
see that that guy's dead. It's yeah. more just like, I can't believe how almost alive he looks. Yeah. That is, yeah. Oh my and God. That, and that's the difference. You were brought back, you were basically brought back to life a dead man. Yeah. And that's scary. Yeah. That's very scary. That Yeah, because we can now, can, yeah, can people become public domain now? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, I mean, this is a whole... I mean, if there's any, any lawyers out there and you're looking for a, a new niche market to get into, um, like, have at it because there's going to be, we're going to need precedents. Yeah. And visual, I, yeah, I was visual say, IP. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like, I was going to say, like, yeah, but it's like almost like, um, I mean, it's mimicry mm. what was done, you know, for Tarkin. Yeah. So, I mean, that was the spirit of the character and that was the spirit of the actor that uh, did it. So you've got like, you know, uh, intellectual properties on you know spirit Various and things, soul yeah. and, and the and, way that they act and very kind of like you know the technique occult and uh, abstract ideas mm. you know because uh, you can do a mimicry of you know what the performance was but that original performance was based on some very personal choices mm. and so now it's like illegal ownership over all the baggage that came with that performance in the first place yeah. Which is a, which is a very strange, strange, yeah, new new, new, it's, yeah, new it's, path to walk it's down. The soul, yeah, you're you're taking essentially the soul of an actor, yeah, and putting it on. It's like, oh my god, it's what what is that? What even is that? And it's, I I don't actually know. I don't. Yeah. Think, I, I I honestly don't think there's a name for it yet. No, this is yeah. It's it's weird. It's it's weird. It's wonderful. It's terrifying. Yeah, because this could change the industry entirely. Yeah. And there are enough fucking, like, there's enough shit going down with, you know, all the fucking voice actors in, in you know, video games and all of that mm. not being treated equally to, you know, actual actors and all of that. You know, there's the Keith Sutherland versus a Nolan North sort of thing. Yeah, There's yeah. those differences um, with those sort of things. Now, well, that's the thing. Like, it was um, when... Um yeah, when they did uh, Metal Gear Solid Five, mm. Phantom Pain, and uh, Kojima said he wasn't going to bring back David Hayter yeah. as as Snake, and they asked him why. He said it's because I wanted an actor to be able to convey the, you know, intricate facial, mm. you know, ticks or whatever. And look, I mean, first up to to, to claim that you know. It, just because you're not, you, you know, just, just if, if, your you're only, if you're only using your voice, that doesn't mean you're an actor. Fuck you very much indeed. Mm. But also... I mean, do you claim that Mark Hamill is not an actor? Or like, you know, or like that, his, just or that, or that his performance in The Joker isn't a performance? Yeah. Like what, yeah, where's like, so we use that because he's both. I was going to say like, tell, tell me that The Joker, you could take his voice away and it'd still be the same. Yeah, Clancy Brown, you know. As, well... You know, he's both again. Yeah. He's an actor. He's like, he's the Kurgan. He's, you know, drill he's Kurgan and Mr. Crab. Yeah. He's, he's drill, drill sergeant. sergeant. Yeah. Um, whoever the hell, yeah. doesn't matter. Yeah. You know, medic. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, exactly. They are really evil reverend in Carney Valley. Yeah. It's amazing. And then, yeah, he's also Mr. Krabs. So, yeah. It's, so it's, yeah, that, that is a, a slight. It's like, it's like, it's like, any animated movie ever made mm. you're you still know? acting you're still exactly. an actor exactly it's still a performance yeah so, a voice yeah so it's yeah and then you know and I mean like and the, 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 answer, the other answer I give to Kojima on that is like bro the, the facial animations weren't that good not really no 
I mean, I mean, your sense of world building was lovely, but the, the I mean, also Keith Sutherland, yeah, for, for you know, to be articulate in his facial. I was gonna say, all he's gonna do is like squint. He's gonna Jack Bauer it. Yeah, just like, I got twenty four hours. Yeah, it's just a, where where's the bomb? Where's where's my daughter? Where's yeah. the president? Where's the bomb? Where's the president? Where's my daughter? Where's Ahmed? You don't know? Alright, allow me to just beat the shit out of a brown person for 30 minutes. That's entertainment. <laughs> it satisfied us post-2001. Uh, post satisfied certain people post-2001. That was a... Yeah, I... Patriot Act, baby. <laughs> Woo! Yeah. And I mean, well, I mean, now they got uh, 24 Legacy, the new TV series coming out mm. with... Uh, with a, with a black guy. Is that now going to have... So what? Does Keith like, Sutherland again? Well, I don't know. Like, a question. Is it still racist if it's a black agent beating up on an Arab? Yeah, good point. No, I think it is. Well, I don't know. I mean, I mean, like, well, I mean it, depends, it depends on who you talk to. Yeah, okay. Of, of, so, the, of, of, okay, yeah, so racism is, is a, a thing of, of you, know, well, you know, oppression and all of well, that. race it's, and everything like that. But yeah. It's also, I mean, or is, or is it just, like, bigoted? Mm. So, yeah, it's probably bigotry. Or, Prejudice. Or is it? I mean... It's not for two white guys to to unpack. I really, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm gonna leave that one well enough yeah. alone because that's a that's it's a, not yeah, for us to do. That's a super slippery slope to get I don't down. Th- yeah, we cannot. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna get a, I'm getting a cold sweat just thinking <sighs> about oh boy. The, the the like you know the possible like just misspeaks I could make. Yeah, right we're not. Now. Yeah, I think we've already done a few already. <laughs> I was like, oh boy. We got into that and we did we shouldn't have yeah um, no yeah so okay so we've I so think we, we, that's, I mean, that, we've unpacked a lot of that we kind of got away a little bit from uh, so what Gareth does Rogue Edwards, One like, Rogue One and Gareth Edwards what does that have in common I was going to say but like how much how much of that movie is actually him him yeah because we see we see monsters that was a movie with a very very specific identity mm-hmm. both visually tonally in terms of the heart of the movie that was that was something that you could inimitably say was him, and even and you know even to a certain extent Godzilla the, the visual language was the same yeah. the sense of family and relationships you know mm-hmm. that I got as well you know the uh, the benevolence of the the creature that everyone believes is aggressive like those theories all came through yeah but then in Rogue One what is there of his beyond the shooting style okay so you probably got so you probably got the family again yeah. with the ESOs. So exactly. Mads Mikkelsen and uh, Felicity Jones. Felicity Jones, yeah. As um, yeah, Jin and uh, Ga- Ga- Galen, Galen and Jin, respectively. Yep. Um, so yeah, definitely probably those. Yeah. Um, I mean, Forrest Whitaker probably as well. Exactly. Um, but even then, that was kind of like well, uh, I mean, Galen and. Yeah, but Forrest Whitaker already existed. His character had been on the uh, Clone Wars TV series for yeah. about two seasons. So I mean, that was already an existing mm. uh, character. So yeah, so. Him, at, so Saw and Galen, they basically are the same character. They're a father figure. Yeah, exactly. That is to be lost. Yeah, you know, it's the. But I mean, like, even, even that, that's that's that's, thing, that's, yeah. that's not a new concept in the Star Wars no. universe. I mean, there has and to I mean, be. And, just... and, and I mean, again, she's essentially a, an orphaned person on a desert planet that's uh, brought into a you know a world bigger than yeah. She's, she's a herself. Han Solo, and then, um, then they have the Han Solo, exactly, which is even more in the grey. Yeah, and so you know, I mean, like, if, there, if there's one, if there was one thing, like you know, that I really liked about the movie, it was the 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 moral murkiness 
of the rebellion. Yeah. Uh, that, yeah. That, like that was that was that was something that I thought was very good and something that has always like I mean like I mean Star Wars has always been at the very base level of very kind of like clear cut good and evil. Yeah, good and evil, rebellion, which, empire. Which is, which is why, you know, this is which is what I'm happy about these sorts of movies that Yeah. Yeah, Diego yeah, Luna's like that, yeah, that it's Cassian as, as as Cassian playing, you know, his first bloody scene is yeah, he is a man fine with murder. Yeah, exactly. It's like, yep, so, cool. And yeah, you know, you have that moral, those moral quandaries and things like that, which I think should be the purpose of these standalone movies, that they don't have to go for the, the saccharine or shucks, you know, uh, kind of happy-go-luckiness of the, of the mainstream Star Wars yeah. brand. I mean, there has always been bad moments and sad moments, you know, if you look at Empire Strikes Back, especially, that was a pretty dark film. But it was still still a happy. It, it, film. it was still hopeful. Yeah. Whereas this is far more a kind of, you know, dirty dozen. Yeah. You know, uh, movie because it, everyone gets it's, their it's, death. It's, it's gritty. It's it's World War Two essentially. Yeah. You know, and it, and you can see that in the way it's shot. It's all it's very on the ground. I mean, yeah. The, the final, you know, there's, there's the you know the final battle is you know yeah, on it, the beaches. It, it, I was gonna say it might as well have been Iwo Jima or Okinawa. Yeah. Or something like that, yeah. which again, funnily enough, you know, uh, more we're kind of playing more, into that more, again. More Japanese yeah. references, and especially if you look at um, the way the the Death Star is used in this movie, as opposed to New Hope and Return of the Jedi, mm. where it's just a planet killer, where it just goes bang, and and the planet just goes done, and, and yeah. it's done, because they're using it on a far more specific level to target a city, to target a specific location. You have this moment where we're actually allowed to watch the destruction take place over a far more, yeah, and either far longer amount of time. Yeah, so the the destruct the destruction of the uh, city was it Jaden? Uh, uh, Jeddah. Yeah, Jeddah. The destruction of Jeddah creates like this 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 tidal wave this, of yeah, tsunami of, of, Earth. of just Earth that like blasts outwards, and then you get your. And old, then, old school mushroom clouds yeah which is very like on the beaches sort of thing which is very like, you know yeah, well, yeah, yeah, it's too. funny it's also it's also very um french polynesia yeah you know, yeah kind of uh like yeah nuclear birth, testing birth of godzilla kind of oh yeah you could totally do that sort of like yeah and then godzilla starts i was gonna say, yeah or like something like that you know like you know godzilla mm. just bursts out of the waves and starts wrestling with a with an ATA. With an ATA. Yeah. <laughs> let you know, them fight. And Tess Watanabe is just there and just goes, let them fight. What? It's like, ah. Uh, <laughs> okay. Is it a trap? No, you're not even born yet. <laughs> <laughs> I have to assume those fish creatures like actually like live about as long as fish, which is to say not no, long. They couldn't be too long, yeah. No, exactly. It'd be like, you know, all right, this week's general. <laughs> <laughs> they're gonna do some really impressive things real quickly I was gonna say you gotta learn your shit fast alright what's going on ah oh, not again is it Monday already <laughs> <laughs> the new stock is in get them to the battlefield who's in command Admiral Ack oh. <laughs> it's a trap oh really you sure <laughs> you reckon Oh, we haven't what, heard that one what, before. What, what gave you that idea? Oh, well, uh... Oh, magnitude. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. All right. So, I mean, yeah. But that, but that, that it was actually... It, once like, again, it, it's it, showing it, it, that it, destruction. It, yeah, and, and, but it, it gave you that Gonzo um, filming style. It, like, he took his handheld. Mm. You know, so you got that frenesity, that uh, immediacy in the action scenes. Get a bit green grassy. Yeah, you know, the, the, the grittiness of it all. Yeah. You know, very... 
not things up, covered up by like, know, like start smoke like, yeah, and exactly. fogs and all of that. Like, and you look at, um, you know, the action scenes in, you know, Force Awakens by comparison. What Abrams does is very silky smooth. You can see everything. You know, like tracking shots. And, and I mean, the visual clarity is excellent, but it's also very sanitized. Yeah. You know, and I mean, Abrams, Abrams is not a great director. He's, he's an, a good he's an amazing builder. producer and yeah, a very good world builder. Yeah. And you see that in the Star Trek movies that like he, he resurrected that, that franchise from the ashes, but the best of the new trio of movies is the third one, which mm. is to, uh, Star Trek Beyond, which is directed yeah. by Justin Lin. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, Fast and Fur- Furious. Yeah, Fast and Furious, and uh, he directed most of uh, second season of uh, True Detective. Yeah. As well. So you have you have that, and then... But Ed- Edwards allows that kind of... Um, brutality to take place. Mm. You know, that you can have a grittiness then, you know the sense of scale is different because you're shooting like down with people down looking up you're shooting from their perspective which again is kind of that uh, you know man on the ground uh, visualisation of Godzilla mm. you know just the uh, immensity yeah. of you know of a single person against the, the might of the Empire I mean it's never before actually been yeah, it was clarified, a Death Star. Clarified or, you know, uh, made clearer than in this movie where you can just see the... So it either eclipses the sun? Well, it's just the, the futility of this tiny, it, little, this tiny little band of yeah. people against, ever having a chance against something as immense as this when this thing actually visibly just... Yeah, it the pops horizon. up. The horizon, yeah, it either comes up or it blots out the sun. Yeah. So those, like... So the blots out the sun is, like, that's a very... It's a very cool sort of shot. It's a beautiful... Like, that beautiful eclipse. And again, it kind of, like, takes... Takes it back to that sort of, um... Again, the, uh... uh nuclear holocaust and everything like that. The dust cloud. Blotting out the blotting sun. Blotting out the sun and everything yeah. like that. Whereas, yeah. yeah, and then you've got, like... Yeah, it coming... It coming up, like, this this beach sort of picturesque sort of thing where there's wars going on, yeah. there's battles happening, and then this, yeah, the immensity of it all yeah. rising up. But again, beautiful in, yeah. its, in its own way. Gorgeous. You know, the, 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 the colorization in this film is fantastic. Like the opening scene with uh, Galen and um, oh, Craig, yeah. mm. as played by, uh, you know, a scene chewing Ben Mendelsohn yeah. you know that kind of muted but still like the, the like the green it's of, lush like the green of the grass pops yeah and like with a very muted clothing and everything like that it's this very very strange uh, dichotomy but yeah it is lush mm. it's, it is gorgeous it's, it yeah. is fantastic and it, it, it and for all the world building that Abrams did this shows a galaxy far more lived in which okay so you- far more and you it know, happens of, very of rapidly. Of, yeah, exactly. Because you don't re- never really seen like just the, the people on the ground, just the day to day, just people going about their business, yeah. living in a in a universe where not where in a the, where city a that yeah. it matters. Like there's a, exactly. at the start of it where uh, Cassians like when they introduce Cassian. Yeah. So it's a it's a a planet that's under imperial rule. Mm. And then you've got like day-to-day sort of thing. And it's like, all right, it just showed you, it introduced you to Cassian and then we're off. Yeah. That's the last time you see that bit. But it like showed you like parts of the world that aren't crucial to this fight. Yeah. Just, you know, whatever, just like 
places just this is just another place just copy this it. doesn't yeah it doesn't matter to the film itself it mm. introduces you to Cassian and then that's it we're off right Whew. off we go then to another place which is one of the things of like it was strange how it was edited how quick it was yeah like the first there, 15 there was minutes a... was cut 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 yeah like and then it suddenly decided to take its time to slow and then I kind of almost thought it took and it slowed two... down even longer and then yeah. I think it almost took too much time mm. I mean, the, yeah, the there, middle there, part... There, there, was, there was... like I mean, you can see issues with pacing in this film. You can see where rewrites are being shoehorned in. Yeah. I mean, you could say, like, yeah, all of the Darth Vader sort of stuff was kind of... You know, I think the initial... Uh, so when Ben Mendelsohn right. Yeah, the, met fir- the first Vader. scene where they go to Mustafar and he gets out of his back to tank and yeah. has the meeting group. I can believe that that was always That there. was part of it, yeah. And just you, a little and, of a and wink and, and a nod. A wink and a nod and then off you go. But to have him come back and then just suddenly kick ass. I think that, that felt very much to me like a studio mandated... We have to show we, we need to, well, the we, Dark Lord. Yeah, yeah, and also sell some merchandise. Yeah. You know, I mean, people always uh, criticise George Lucas for, you know, making, making movies... I mean, where was the Jar Jar? Especially in the, especially in the prequels. Um, well, the, the Jar Jar was uh, K-2. K-2. Yeah. 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 Just because he was uh, far, far better... Than, than Jar Jar was doesn't take away from the fact that he was a, he was a he's the comic relief character yeah. and he will sell a shit ton well yeah he was of, C3P- of, of figurines he was he was a better 3PO well he's like a 3PO because he was ambiguous well yeah but like also just cynical yeah. he's like 3PO if he started hitting the drinks yeah, ran, yeah ran his mouth yeah, yeah. well I guess it's like really R2 if he actually had a voice yeah I mean R2 That's, you can see is like just a smarmy sardonic little smart ass yeah it's like I don't care I'm gonna be alive throughout it all it's like uh, like just like cussing like you know cussing at C-3PO calling him names yeah just being like R2 is basically a god throughout he's gone through he's there throughout it all he's the only yeah I mean he's the only and he survives everything he's the only character that's been in all seven films sorry eight eight now yeah yeah he survived through it all it's like he's, he's the god of this yeah well, 3PO as well, to, to a certain extent, but 3PO kind of was on the peripheries. Because, yeah, he gets creative as well. Peripheries for a lot of it, whereas R2 existed before. before. Yeah. He was before Phantom Menace. Yeah. And he'll be... I mean, they'll probably kill him off. And I mean, he's nothing. the only one with actual knowledge of everything that's gone on. Yeah. I mean, because he, he and 3PO... I mean, 3PO had his memory wiped at the yeah. end of uh, Revenge of the Sith. He don't, he don't know nothing. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, like, yeah, the, the, only, the only person who actually knows, like, all the events that went down is, yeah. is R2. Yeah. Strangely enough. There's a very fascinating, like, uh, What If article I read a few years ago that basically said that R2's the main character of uh, Star Wars mm. and that he's actually a an agent oh. for, the, for, the, for the rebellion. Yeah, yeah. And everything this like that. This entire time, like, yeah, he's yeah, been yeah. plotting this out. Yeah. And so, like, he was the one... Who created the rebellion. Well, no, 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 like, who was, like, sent to uh, give the... Like, it was always going to be him. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, like, he shacks up with Obi-Wan and everything like that. And because he goes off to find it, he puts all of these things into motion. Yeah. Yeah. Which, you know, hey, he's that's my Jesus. Yeah. R2's my Jesus. <laughs> R2 is my co-pilot. <laughs> <laughs> hey, to Luke, he was. was to, yeah, exactly, he was, to that movie. To the Skywalkers, they were the co-pilot. Yeah, R2 was the co-pilot. Exactly, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, so there was like, yeah, it was a pace. There was some pacing issues, which yeah. probably were 
that was you know that was probably sh- you know shoehorned in stuff mm. you know maybe um, you know Edwards wasn't really uh, he, okay. he likes to he likes to take his time with these things from from what we've seen yeah I mean he do, he does enjoy a slow burn. building it. he does enjoy a slow burn movie and I think maybe that just wasn't going to fly mm. with the studio this time round. I mean, if you look at the if you look at his three films, this one is certainly the one that has the least of him in it. I think it was because he's a, tried to a, kick on, back on a, on a on a on a production level. Do you think it's be- yeah? So like, it's because this is now too holy. Star Wars is holier than thou, whereas Godzilla could have. Yeah, you Godz- could, you could mean, fuck yeah, up I mean, Godzilla. I mean, God, I mean, Godzilla, Godzilla. There's room to maneuver. There's room to kind of make it your own thing because it's yeah because as you say it's not a sacred property the same in the same way that Star Wars it's not Wars a is. western sacred property no I mean it's it's sacrosanct in Japan yeah but they've got their own movies yeah got hey Shin the, Godzilla yeah, came they, out exactly they've got the Toho um, yeah. Godzillas that will be going long after yeah. you know western audiences get tired of uh, these ones again mm. except for the fact that now uh, well, now they're gonna well now they're now they're, they're, well yeah they're doing the Marvel universe thing so we'll have a King Kong movie next year and That's then we'll right, have yeah. a Godzilla versus King Kong movie mm. a, few, oh a few years after that which and then they'll team up and then I don't really know how to think about that I mean Universal's doing the same thing they're resurrecting all their old yeah monster, yeah the universe monster movies monsters yeah so they've got Tom Cruise mummy you know um, and I think uh, Crow Russell Crowe will be a linking character because he's playing Dr. Jekyll yeah that's right so he oh no shit so he will I think will go into span across you know he's really, the Nick Fury yeah essentially that like you know I'm putting together a team <laughs> you know like to have and you yeah. have the because I think they, they I think they kind of want to do like a bit of the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen type it's thing like, where, <gasps> where, where, they'll, where they'll have where they'll have a team up yeah or whatever because they'll be the Wolfman they'll be Dracula they'll be Van Helsing they'll be um, yeah uh, will they bring you the know, creature v- of the Black Lagoon Victor Frankenstein I, I know they want to do the Invisible Man <sighs> why has been yeah, Invisible Man's always kind of a an annoyance yeah I mean it, it'd be it'd be curious to see I know, mean Hollow Man was well, the I mean, Hol- I, mean, I mean and even that that was Paul Verhoeven Ugh. which yeah. was just started to come close to addressing the possible moral you know yeah. quandaries of this kind of power and then just said fuck it and turned it into a slasher movie yeah which is yeah it's like in the, it's that um, you know what power would you choose would you choose to be invisible or you choose to fly or the people who choose to fly are good people yeah. people who choose to be invisible are just the worst I was going to say you get like why would you uh, I don't I defy anyone who would have the power of, the, of being invisible and wouldn't use it to be a fucking jerk yeah to be just a pervert yeah, yeah. To, be, to be Kevin Bacon essentially yeah basically just creep on Rona Mitra while she brushing her mm. hair without a top on because because thank you Paul and your weird Dutch uh, desires to have women topless <laughs> all the time Starship Troopers baby but true mm-hmm. I had a sexual awakening when I was like eight because of that film well Starship Troopers I was like hey oh the shower scene and everything yeah well, I mean, the bedroom. Casper, Casper, Casper Van Diem is a very, very handsome man. I do not. I mean, hey. I do, I do not, I do not begrudge you that. And we got, we got, we got to start somewhere. We really, really do. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, there were no shower scenes in Rogue One. Nope. I think it could have used one though. I mean, there was Mad Mickelson in the rain. I mean, Mad Mickelson in in, in water of any kind is, oh. is is already amazing. Oh, I've been loving he, all the mads. He, I was gonna say he could. Cook, I'm mad for mads. He, he could cook a part of my body yeah. with a white wine sauce anytime. Oh, 
would have loved to be Eddie Izzard. <laughs> that was a goddamn good show. It was. It was a fantastic show. Hannibal. Watch it, people. It's yeah. three seasons. It's so the second it's... time we've actually mentioned this. I know. Watch because, it. Because, like, just do it. Yeah. I'll keep mentioning it. Mm. It's three seasons. There's 13 episodes each. It's not long. It's and it's so amazing. Good. So good. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, I, yeah. Once again, you could bring it back, like, the Death Star and, and, and Galen. So, Galen would be like the Oppenheimer. Yeah. You know, he becomes, you know, death. You know, you know, he becomes the destroyer. Destroyer of worlds, worlds. essentially, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, and I, I feel that they could have done that as well. Like, maybe that was where they were going with it. Maybe Quite that's possibly. what Ed, Edwards was going with it. Because um, he could not have lived. Yeah. Um, you know, be all end all, you've created this, you've created the Death Star. Yeah, Exactly. Right. I mean, he, he couldn't he couldn't live and then provide uh, Jin's character with uh, an impetus to mm. actually move forward and continue. Yeah, because I mean, the, the the first half of the movie was her just wanted to find her dad. Yeah, and then it becomes a revenge story, mm. and that's when it becomes interesting. Yeah, which is yeah, and it's like that's why like uh, when Saw dies, like that's it's also like that could be the impetus for it as well. Yeah. Like he even says, you know, you know, was it save the rebellion, save the universe? Save, save the dream. Yeah, save the dream. Yeah. So he's he, he, saying that. So it could have happened. So it happens twice. Yeah. And I think that's when the pacing starts to get in the way. Yeah. And it's like, oh, like he's, so she's now being told where the information is. Yeah. It's okay. Here's where it is. Mm. I've given you the message. All right, cool. I know where I need to be at the end of it all. Yeah. Oh, but we're going to go still find the father. Yeah. It's like, all right, so now we're, we're uh, cranking so, yeah, down. Now, now, we're, we're about, now we're having another trip on the wheel, essentially. Yeah. All right. Now we're starting to get a little slower. Yeah. Then we got to get the rebellion thing. We got to have the little call to action. You know, then we can go do the, you know, go to the place that we knew about halfway through the film. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, all right, cool. All right. Now we're getting back into it. Yeah. So I think, yeah, I think the midpoint does. Mm. It does sag, it does drag, but the whole thing, like the thing I kind of take away from that movie that I don't, re- I still, I still think it's a good movie. I think it's a fantastic it's movie. It's a very good movie. It's got a scrappiness. It's got a, a sense of improvisational weirdness and that um, the original movies had. Yeah. Especially New Hope. And New Hope was, it's a, like, I mean, if you, if you want to be objective about it, A New Hope is not a great movie, but it's, but it's cobbled together from so much weird stuff. Yeah. You know, like like Kurosawa's Hidden Fortress, like World War Two dog fights, mm. Flash Gordon. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah. What follows the you, you know, know Will, Will, hero's you know, journey? Yeah, exactly. William Burroughs, you know, novels and things like that. Yeah. You know, the whole John Carter on Mars. Mm. All of those, like all of these disparate, like you know, pop, pop, pop culture weirdnesses, just smashed together, and it's so audacious that like you don't even notice the narrative inconsistencies. And I think it's the same thing with this. There's so much whiz-bang awesomeness going on. The spectacle is amazing. And, you know, the world building is fantastic and it's exciting and weird and wonderful. Yeah, it informs it informs everything that we've known. Yeah. Um, but it also keeps it keeps uh, that tether to its own, like, to its own film. Yeah. Like, as we were it saying, is, yeah, yeah, it, it is, is its it, own it, thing. It is its own beast. Yeah. And, I mean, like, I mean, you would never be allowed to have an ending... That like to have, to have, well, to have all of your main characters just do be, everyone to, have to, their to own death scene, and to have something like you know uh, just Jin and Cassian sitting on the beach and embracing while uh, 
mushroom clouds. And, and yeah. nuclear apocalypse just engulfs them. Yeah. You, that that shit would never fly. Yeah. In in a in a in a numbered Star Wars film. Yeah, and I think it's yeah. So and it's because it doesn't have that. It doesn't have a Hollywood hope to it. No. And it also doesn't have the hope of the uh, mainstream uh, trilogy yeah. either. Because if we look at it from a financial point of view, if this movie fails, eh. so be it. Yeah. You know? It won't. It's timed perfectly exactly. for it not to fail. You know, it's a, it's a perfect kind of palate cleanser, you know, before we get episode eight. Mm. Because it's a different movie. Yeah. We've, we've had we've had a, a new hope reboot with uh, Force Awakens, and now we've got this new uh, interpretation of the, mm. the, the the world and the characters within it, and a new way of shooting it, and a new way of thinking about it, which I think is going to prepare the public for, and God, I hope so the, that episode eight is going to be different yeah and will be taking us down a road that we haven't been before but st- i still i think it's going to follow the the dark this is going to be the darker film it'll be the darker one you know um, i don't i don't think we're going to get away i don't think we're going to get that far away we're going to get the strikes back yeah we're going to get the parental um you know, and it's i mean like yeah thing there's of... going to be certain beats that are going to be the same it's going to be luke and yoda except it's going to be luke and ray this time around yeah training up there's going to be Kylo Ren like Vader getting obsessed you so know and hunting so and hunting throughout the, the galaxy for so her. he gets Finn or he gets Poe I'm guessing he gets Poe because uh, you got to get that Carbonite Carbonite Han yeah I was going to say so, so like, taking him off the field so that, and, that, and so that's the thing while she's doing her own thing you got the boys. Uh, you know, Finn, Finn and Poe Dameron are going to be off having their lads adventure somewhere. Yeah. So you know, do, do, doing some more like, you know, rough and tumble yeah. uh, rebellion style work. So you Finn's know, like boots, gonna, boots on the ground boots type ground. stuff. And Finn's potentially paralyzed. I think he was just injured. Injured? So he's going to be he okay. Got, he, got, he got like sliced on the back. I think yeah. they, they got that Star Wars. They, can, they yeah, got that Star Wars in te- the tank. technology. You know, back to tank. Yeah. That's all, that's all you need. You throw, throw the diaper on him. <laughs> yeah, basically. I'm ready for Boyega to get to, to get in that diaper. Get in that diaper, baby. Yeah, it has we, to happen. Hamill didn't pull it off. I think he can. Hamill did his best. Uh, yeah, best of what he could. Best of what he could. I mean, like you're you're asked to wear a, a futuristic diaper in a in a water tank. There's only there's only so many ways this is gonna go, and about ninety percent of them are bad. So, <laughs> I mean, he then made up with his sister. So you know, whatever. Yeah. Let's just let's just let's just all never forget that that actually happened. We were cool with it in one of the most popular movies of all time. We were totally cool with it. I know, yeah. When people, when like the revelation came in uh, uh, Return of the Jedi, yeah, no one came out and was like, oh, uh, uh, no. It was like, oh, sweet. Now they know. Oh, well, now it's not going to be like a weird triangle. I was going to say, phew. Now Han and her can just get together. Yeah. Which is what Carrie Fisher was like. It's like, no, he's my brother. Yeah. Yeah. And you that, that did look, excuse the fact that you made out with and him. And you have that look of like Han. He's just like, huh? If anything, he would, he had, he, he had, knew. He, he, yeah. had, he had the proper reaction. He that's was, why he, that's he why he left. Dis- he was disgusted. That's why he left on his freighter. He's he, like, I'm out. He just couldn't deal. This like incest, we've had a kid. This, I'm out. This incest love triangle. I can't do it. What if it actually was Luke's? Oh God! I don't know. Oh, well, what do you mean? Like, they, they never actually like <laughs> anything specifically state they could have been fucking. 
Things happen differently in the galaxy far, far away. Exactly. It was a I long, mean, long time ago. Oh, God, no. Yeah, but I think no one's memory is that bad. We, hey, they forgot Jedis in like 20 years. This is true, yeah. So, you know, no, no amount of propaganda can force that away from you. God help us all. Yeah. The fact that we're going to wrap this up on an incestuous note. I mean, hey, we hey, didn't do that. Same love. Oh, God. Oh, dear God. Oh, God. Uh, yeah. Hey, we didn't start that fire. It's always been burning since the... Uh, the galaxy's been turned. The chromosomes have been... You know, <laughs> the <laughs> metal has been flowing. Yeah. But yeah, that's... that's. So yeah, okay. So yeah, to, to wrap up. So this is... So what? Is, is Gareth Edwards now going to like take a step back now? I kind of feel that... Is he going to get back to his roots? I think he might. I think he's had his... Unless he's going to be involved in the second Godzilla... And then just move back to that and keep doing blockbusters and things like that, or whether he wants to go off and do something more so as intimate. A, as you know, it's as a like critic, a, I mean, the question the question is, what what kind of uh, career does he want, and what was the thing that interested him most about monsters? Yeah. Was it was it the sci fi element? Mm. Uh, you know, with the monsters and the and the the stakes, and you know the military and all that sort and of stuff going on, and the, and story. then having a small human story alongside it. Was that just like that? Just be purely because he that was all the money he had, mm. and now Godzilla is actually like a more perfect distillation of what he actually wants to achieve. Yeah, or whether he actually would like to stay for independent films. I don't know. So yeah, it's. It's 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 a it's a question of what what as a as an audience we're missing out on when all of these young, you know, talented, unproven directors come on board, wow with uh, something small and independent and new, and creative, and then get snapped up by these conglomerate studios mm. and then just fed into the the the, the, meat, the, grinder, the, the yeah. meat grinder of your summer blockbusters i mean you see are we, are we losing a generation of really interesting smaller films because all of these young guys are now being forced into i mean so yeah so like with edwards you could say that he's coming out of that grinder well enough he's still producing yeah. good films no he's going okay whereas so uh, I mean Trank crashed and, Trank crashed so and Chronicles solid good. solid first film yep you know took the concept of you know found footage found footage superheroes gone amok you know yeah so he did that and then so his natural progression was probably to a, a superhero to do a film. superhero film yeah um, Fantastic he, Four yeah. just was a uh, it, yeah it was a train wreck yeah it was a Trank wreck I mean Rogue One obviously didn't uh they obviously the did didn't suffer because of its reshoots. Mm. They were but does he they were. suffer because of it? Gareth Edwards, I don't believe so. Yeah, he's. I mean, they've they've sort of come out and basically said that this was a collaborative process. So whereas Trank was very very clear that this was against his yeah. will. Yeah. So, so we're yeah we're reading into it that just because he's a small, no, small filmmaker now hitting it big. Mm. But of course, he loses his autonomy in no. these things. So no, it could be his choice still. 
Yeah. Or, or he still has control. They've asked to bring Tony Gilroy on to do a bit of a script polish, change things up, mm. which happens on every single blockbuster yeah, ever exactly. made. There are a shitload of reshoots on Force Awakens. Yeah. All the Marvel movies have reshoots. You know, this, yeah, this, we're reading this, into this, these this things. This is not uncommon. Yeah. People, people enjoy the drama. Yeah, and it's why we, this sort of yeah, stuff. Yeah, this is the Suicide Squad one. There, there were talks yeah. about reshoots, and though, but didn't save it. Yeah. You know, it, yeah, these are things that happen, and it's juicy to hear about it. It's like, yeah. oh my god, you know, mm. the DC films are fucking garbage fire, and could this one be a garbage fire as well? Yes. Well, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yes. I don't have to see it to know that. No, we're, we're, like, let's just be very clear. Yes. Yeah. The answer is yes for all of them. Yeah. Hey, but yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. The, so, he could go either way. Yeah. And he still does good films. I, I just... This I, was a good film. Yeah. This was a good Star Wars film. This was a good... He proved, he proved himself as a very competent director. Yeah. You know, he's he, he can do character he work. He can take a world. And he can take a world that, you know already existed and make it his own yeah which is which is not something that everyone can do mm. we've seen we've seen directors in the past you know rail against the uh necessity of having to adapt to a pre-existing world or to pre-existing you know studio expectations we saw joss whedon mm. having some serious issues towards the end of avengers yeah. 2 uh same thing with um edgar wright yeah with ant-man with ant-man you know, he, he completely he, got cut. He wanted to do his own thing, and they said, "No, you have to cleave to to a certain this is the formula guy. ideal and a formula and a, a style." So I think as that's well, uh, and so yeah, just quickly, so you're getting on that. He they tried to get him on board, but he had already created a name for himself. He's already got enough films yeah. of his own that he's got this this voice yeah. that can't be changed. You've exactly. got to you've got to flow. Yeah, he can't flow there, there into is, what I they mean, like, want. You, like, I mean, you you know immediately what an Ed, Edgar Wright film is. Yeah, I mean to be fair, he'd been trying to make an Ant Man film since before they even made Iron Man. Mm. So yeah, the, there you go. You know that he he'd been pushing for ten years to make a movie before the MCU even existed. Mm. But yeah, so he he is a he's a he is a filmmaker established and with a very unique voice. Yeah. So he was established if right after Shaun of the Dead. Mm. They got him in to do, you know, Marvel zombies. Yeah. They could have got him then. Yeah, exactly. But can't do but he, it. But he kept doing his own thing. Kept doing his own thing. No one snapped him up. Yeah. It's like, yep, all right, this is my voice now. Yeah. And you and can't curiously change enough, that. the one sort of big studio, studio film he's done was Scott Pilgrim, mm. based upon a property that he didn't write, and they let him actually do it his way. Yeah. Which I would say, that was a fairly good film. Like, that is yeah. a... That is a well, it's a comic film. I don't know yeah. what would be called a superhero film, but it's it, a, it's, it is it's such a, a, it's, it's like it's the it's a comic book movie. Yeah, you know, quote unquote. Mm. Yeah, and it's a good it's yeah. a good one. And so that's the thing. I mean, Gareth Edwards, I think, hasn't hasn't done enough yet to uh, to really sort of to have ground himself. Well, to have what I guess we call distinguishing features mm. or distinguishing tropes or uh, ticks as a filmmaker. You know, you can't immediately watch a Gareth Edwards film, you know, one of these three films and be like, ah, yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I see him in those movies. We've, we've tr you know, the family values. I mean, they're, the, they're, the connection, they're, the human yeah. connections. I mean, like, that's, but I mean, that's, that's stuff that Spielberg has been doing for 
30 years. Yeah. So it's it's not unique to him. Yeah. We so, can't look at it that and go, yep, yeah. that's it. That's a I thing mean, that like, look, I, I, can, I, I, I can look at these three movies that he's made and say, I can see a uh, creative through line in what he's done, but that's just because I know that he did them. Mm. Yeah, exactly. And then, we, and then, it's and a pre existing knowledge yeah, exactly. that does and that. We, and we can find things there. Yeah. But that doesn't mean like but we're only finding them because we know what to look for. Mm. Which is not like what your what your Joe Public is gonna do. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> I think I think I think the, the thing to take away from this all is that uh, I'm excited to see what he does next. Yeah. Because he's proven himself that he can work within the system and without. Yeah. And so the door is very much open for him to do whatever he wants going forward. Yeah. And it's gonna be a good film nevertheless. Absolutely. At least we fingers crossed. Fingers crossed, anyway. yeah. Yeah. Well, it's a good chance. But yeah, so I think that's, I don't know, as we gaze into each other's eyes. Lovingly so. I think that, uh, you know, I've never been afraid to hold a man's gaze. It's natural. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah, so that's, a, that's, that's another episode. It is another episode, Dan. Quite a beefy one, to be honest. We, yeah. We got through an awful lot. Yeah, this was, yeah, this is going to kind of, you know, this is the, the Christmas time one, you know. Cook yourself some Christmas pudding, people. Yeah. Put this on in the background. And by the time we're finished talking, the pudding should be ready. Yeah, true that. Yeah. There, we'll sink a few mangoes. Oh, you know it, man. Yeah. Bit of a... Bit hey, of, come some the boxing, the boxing Day match, you can put that on mute. Oh, for sure. Just just watch that, listen to this. Yeah. Works. I mean, you'll need to listen to this a few times, you know, to get through the entire boxing match. Or, if you so desire, go to fromthesilverscreen.com.au and you can listen to our entire... Yeah, our entire, uh, our, entire library. our entire library. Yeah, all of season one and all of season two up until this episode, which shall be released in the next few days. Yeah, so yeah, it's on a Christmas cracker. Exactly. But yeah, so um, yeah, and we're actually gonna, you know, um, one of the things we do uh, outside of the podcast is we do uh, signals, you know, short little you know, little review things that uh, you know of, of films that we've seen or at least one of us has seen. Uh, that we get to talk about. Mm. We actually go from this recording. We're gonna go and do a whole bunch of. We're gonna you know, film a whole bunch of them, mm-hmm. so we can get to get them out over the over the coming get weeks. Get them out for the people. Yeah, they're smaller reviews. Maybe sometimes a film doesn't need an hour or an hour twenty to really sort of unpack it. Mm. It's just a brief sort of uh, recap and probably far closer to a review than a yeah. criticism. But uh, look for those in the in the coming week or two, guys. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, we're gonna we may get another film in this year. I mean, we're, do we're do, do, pretty... do, do our darndest. Yeah, I'm not sure what it's gonna be, but we're gonna try and do it. We've, we've narrowed it down. It could be it to could a be, few. Could be what was it Allied? Allied was one. One of them. Maybe La La Land. Uh, could be La La Land. You know, both both probably contestants of like Oscars in some way. Certainly they certainly pandered to it. Certainly, yeah, very much up there for different reasons. Yeah. So one or the other, why not do both? Uh, guys, go watch them. We won't do both. No. Uh, we might do a signal about one or the other. One. Uh, and talk about the other. Depends what they're like. Yeah. Um, you'll find out, I guess. That's just saying, a, I mean, La La Land's just going to be a beautiful sort of, you know, nice musical, yeah, you know, musical feel, feel good movie. And yeah. Allied, I think, is going to be like subtitled Jolie's Revenge or something. <laughs> 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 they're gonna rename that movie should have signed a prenup although we want prenup <laughs> we want prenup yeah and with that it's something you need to have it is because when she leave your ass you're gonna leave with a half <laughs> <laughs>
18 years. 18 years. All right, everyone. Till next time. Bye. We didn't sing.